Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, and I'm amazing. Joseph, I'm amazing. I'm here with Joe Holbert. You don't get you don't get the title today. I get it. I get the nickname today. Wow. <laughs> with the context I have as to where we are right now, that was an extraordinary intro choice. I understand <laughs> Uh, but I share the sentiment, nonetheless. Thank you. Um, we have definitely not just recorded another episode of the show that, like, I am currently concerned. This this is like James Harden before Game 7 moment for me. But like, I'm not sure I have the legs to shoot these step backs anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But we're here, and apparently we're talking about jean shorts. That's what I got on the format. I don't know if that's true, but that's going to come up, I think. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, we'll, like we'll talk about jean shorts. Sure. sure. Why not? Okay, uh, we're here to talk about wrestling, allegedly. The the show that we definitely did not just record will air on Saturday uh, as we review Wrong Side of Town. Our Thursday show, uh, people who uh, we usually review movies on Tuesday had personal issue to deal with, so our movie review is on Saturday. Thursday, we're here, <clears throat> normal time slot, talking wrestling. Put five minutes on the clock. We always go over time, stick to a topic. We never stick to a topic. That's why it's called The Distraction. Yes. Joseph is here. We had a big weekend with AEW All Out. Some other stuff happened. I don't remember most of it, but that's why we're here to talk about it, though. Try to refresh yes. some memories. It is extraordinary to think that this is the show covering All Out, right? It honestly yeah. feels like an ancient memory. I don't. Then our audience must at this point be like, "Oh my God, we get it. Matt Hardy. Like, what do you want?" To- <laughs> <laughs> I did the I did the All Out post show too with another Brit. Oh, with, 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 I cheated on you with Alex McCarthy. Hang on, hang on. Does that mean I'm going to have to be doing like some shot creation here? I'm going to have to make my own shot, get my own shots. <laughs> What's happening here? You still going to have the ball though, right? Yeah, yeah. I still got the okay. ball. I'm, I'm just going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to be looking for that assist record today. All yeah. right. That, that's okay. that's what it's going to be. I'm going to be dishing out even more assists than I usually do. Not looking for my own shot. Not not setting on the the screen. Not going to the elbow. Taking my little jumper there. Instead, I'm going to get there. A uh, little crab dribble in and out, and then look for you. I need you to cut. I need you to cut a little bit on this episode, okay. not just standing in the corner. I need you to cut a little bit. 
Get those dunks. You've been dunking today. I, I need some more of that, all right? Yes, I've been dunking. I don't, they've not changed the man guarding me either, right? Same guy dunking on him over and over again. Yeah. It's just a shame, but hopefully he will adjust his defensive tactics. Because otherwise, more dunks will come, won't they, Jeremy? It's pretty clear. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, I may have dunked again. That's where <laughs> we're at right now. I, yes. I think I think the defensive adjustments will be you're just going to keep getting ignored and you're still going to get dunked on. <laughs> yes, exactly that. He just takes another guy when I get to the rim. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> follow the product, folks. You follow us on yes. Twitter. You can see where all our dunks uh, are happening at. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's get into the wrestling here. We'll, we'll go all the way back to Friday, almost a week ago at this point. We'll go all the way back to Friday. Joseph, it finally happened. The golden role models, Bailey fed up with Sasha Banks for reasons, for layers, for faces. Just a brutal beatdown on the boss. No longer boss time. Boss is in the hospital. Joe, what did you think of the big angle where Bailey turned on Sasha? So I have two big positives, and then I have a whole little gray area. So the first thing is this is a rare example of a like a prolonged beatdown making perfect sense right because no one should have came out to save the legit boss there's no reason for anyone to want to save her she has been very mean for a very long time we agree here right good good stuff yes i like how brutal it was and i like the idea to me bailey like the way they've done this it has to be a major match um when they meet and it will be obviously but i don't want obnoxious bailey here like i know people like it and you can clip it and be like yeah charlie crusoe renee whatever but I like, that is not to me the approach to this angle. You need Bailey to be like insane with how attached she is to that belt. This angle was a great step in that direction. She was truly brutal here. So I like both of those. In terms of execution, I can't argue. My issue is that my reaction to it was like, like yeah, sure. Like I didn't and this could be a commentary on me more than it is the angle. But I just feel it, it it's gone on for so long. That when it happened, it wasn't a shock. It was more like, a, oh, they got there. You know, like, <laughs> okay, we're at that point now. Um, and I don't know if that's a me thing or not, but that is kind of, that's like a cloud over the whole thing for me. I, I'm not sure if I'm fully into it, but I think that's maybe more of a me thing. I don't know. It's been a long time, right? I, I think it's more of a you thing because based yeah. on everything that I saw, people loved it. I thought it was great. I My complaint on how they set it up was, they almost went too hard on commentary. Corey Graves is like, oh, big things are happening tonight. Like, they teased it a lot on commentary that this stuff was going to happen. And, and then when it did, I was look, I was ecstatic that it happened. They didn't need to drag it out any longer. I thought they were going to drag it out longer. And I was just like, how much more can you get out of this? Um, but I thought they tipped it a little bit too much with, with the commentary. And I would have just... I would have not had Corey Graves and Michael Cole beat over the head that oh big things happening tonight like look at look what's going on here they dedicated not even just the beat down i think sean had it like 42 minutes worth of this program between the interview the match and then the beat down like 42 minutes uh, of smackdown was dedicated to to bailey and sasha in some form or fashion so like they had plenty of time they've had plenty of time for for months now to do this angle i'm glad it happened i'm glad they pulled the trigger on it now we will see the follow-up. They've got directions to go with, with Bailey. obviously. She's got some contenders, mainly Naomi. You could put in Lacey in there, maybe even Mandy Rose. Depending, 
a lot depends on how long you're keeping Sasha out because I'm keeping Sasha out at least until the draft. Like I'm moving her to Raw and, and I'm not having them touch. It, I could even see them keeping her out until Survivor Series and then she's a surprise entrant on the Survivor Series team. I've even seen people say keep her out until the Rumble and she's a surprise entrant until the Rumble. Like I, That's a little bit of a stretch. But if I'm not <clears throat> keeping her out, I'm keeping her away from Bailey. Yes. At, at the very least. Okay, so this I want to circle back to that because that is a very interesting like booking element of this. I, I don't want to stress like when I say my critique, this is a hit, by the way. And anyone that says the WWE audience doesn't like long term storytelling, the WWE audience actually loves this whole thing. I don't know if <laughs> like you said it right. Everyone loved this, so this has been a success in every which way. I'm a big part of my enjoyment moving forward will hinge on the next step. Why was this the moment for Bailey to make that decision? Right? right? Like I need I need something there because they were together for an awful long time. Like the draft so since they got um put it was together a whole on year. Well, Sasha returned yeah. because the the uh the timing was I, I think the turn happened on like September third. Like September second of last year was when Bailey attacked Becky Lynch and aligned yes. with Sasha. So it was a whole year since Bailey attacked Becky that they've been together. So, it, you know, I don't want to sort of... I can't criticise because I haven't seen it yet, but it will very much kind of live and die with me by how they frame her decision. Like, is this baby saying she has no use for surgery? I don't know. I can't, you know. But that will, that's a big part of it for me because I am not as invested in, like, just the idea of the match as some people are. Does that make sense? Like, you know, some people yeah. it's like... Now, the interesting subject, and we always talk about how we like to discuss the sort of, like mapping stuff out for wrestling. And I find it often is very nonsensical with WWE. This is an interesting case. I personally think the Rumble idea is, like, insane. I don't think people realize how long, how far in the distance that is. You know, that's like, what are we talking here, Jim? Nearly five months? months? Four months. Okay. Four and a half, really. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be... I don't think this division is flourishing in the way where it's like, yes, we'll leave out perhaps our best performer and most popular <laughs> performer for five months, four months. You know, like I, so I'm not sure about, I think your approach, if WrestleMania is the end game, your approach is the correct one. The first match they have should be WrestleMania. She should win the Rumble, which then she chooses Bailey, right after being on the other brand. Um, I'm not as keen on the, they can wrestle three times and that's the blow off. Like, I, I don't know. I think mean, there's something to be said for that being the big match. The other option, of course, is, and this is this should not be quoted as a report, but <laughs> if you have any interest in Evolution 2, that's the match, right? Like, clearly, unequivocally, that's the match to do. So that's just something to keep in mind because I know the October pay-per-view schedule is weird because there's, like, a show on the first week of November, right? So that's just something to keep in mind. That's all. I don't think there is a show in October. I, I think... No, um, that's, yeah, that's it. It's like the, it goes like the last week of September and then the first week of November. So like there's a slot there, you know, on like the second or third week of October. I don't yeah. know. I'm just praying. Well, if, ever, sure. if everyone watches the uh, the replays on Fox Sports 1 of, of Evolution... <laughs> oh my goodness. Remember that, that was one? a deep cut. Yeah. That was strong. Yeah. He's listening right now and that is shook. That's, that's dangerous. Dunk. Bad. Look, if you watch it, WWE's paying attention. All right, if you yes. watch it, they'll they'll bring it back. I look. I hope Evolution Two happens at some point. I think the women deserve it. I think the fans deserve it. 
I'm kind of sick of just hearing about it. Like, I I, I'm yeah. sick of just either it's going to happen or it's not. And right now there seems to be no actual traction that it's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> but I, I hope yeah. it does. I, again, my personal layout would be Banks gets drafted to Raw. You keep them away from each other. They're on opposite teams at Survivor Series. Even at Survivor Series, I'm not having them do too much. I'm Agreed. having Bailey yeah. kind of run away from her and everything. Um, keep them separate. Banks wins the Rumble. You, you go from there. She chooses Bailey. obviously. You build to the big Mania match. You get the Mania match. You even do the rematch at the next pay-per-view. And then the rematch, because even the rematch is going to sell, because the whole thing is Sasha can't defend her title. So in her mm. first title defense against Bailey, that's what you're selling that on. It's like, all right, you beat me at Mania. You've never defended these titles. Like, I'm very confident I will beat you at what, what Backlash is usually the pay-per-view after mm-hmm. um, Mania. Yeah. So you booked this thing all the <clears throat> way to late April right now. How do you oh, – I agree with everything you said, and this is a little bit of a side note, but I do want to kind of bring it up because someone mentioned this to me, and I thought it was interesting. How do you feel about Evolution almost being like them tying the bow on like, okay, this is what we did to get here. And now moving forward, there is no need for Evolution because Banks and Bailey is a main event match on any of these dumb pay-per-views, right? Like, it is. Do we need an Evolution? Like, I'm not, I haven't got any strong opinion on this. It was just an interesting way of framing it. It's almost like, you know, they used the past, they paid sort of homage to the, the women that set those, um, set things up to get there. And I understand neither of us are the voice to discuss this, but I'm just sort of throwing out there. Is there something to be said for, there's no need for Evolution too because these women are the main event now. Like Banks and Bailey, you could argue, is the hottest thing in the whole promotion. So I don't know. That's just an interesting little element of that whole Evolution shower, I think. I mean, I think if you can hold off Banks and Bailey until Mania, that's kind of your main event yeah, at Mania. Right, like, right now mm-hmm. i mean the, they'll have brock there and they'll they'll have something if they're but will Roman... they jeremy will they have brock he could be wrestling for the the uh pure brawls <laughs> ring of honor title for a winner we don't know uh like they'll have matches and whatnot but like that would be the hottest program i think if you just do evolution in october you've almost sacrificed the the long-term story here just to do yes like j- just to do this match because you need a headliner for evolution like i i wouldn't do that and and let's be honest like they can do evolution i think it'll be a good show they if it's on october that gives them what four weeks to build this pay-per-view they have nothing for these women they have done absolutely nothing with these hang on a second mickey james and natalia is a red hot match (laughs) i want you to know that okay they could do some because I guess you've got you've got like twelve tag teams splitting up, so you could always just do those matches. But they right? just you did got... they just did Peyton Royce and Billy Kay yeah. on Raw. Like... I forget them. Just rewatch them, no problem. They just I, I think it's interesting. I I loved Evolution, but like if it was just like a one off thing and it like marked sort of changing of I don't know, it's just fun. I mean I'm I'm with you though that as far as WrestleMania main event, like just looking at what's on the table right now. Banks and Bailey are in with a real chance of being like the absolute main event for that yeah. show, which would be pretty cool. I I just don't want them to do Evolution just to do it when exactly. yeah. when there's no stories involved. Like le- legitimately, if you did Evolution a month from now, what are you putting? Like you're not getting Trish back for this. You're not getting Lita back. I mean, maybe they will, but I can't imagine they're coming back to wrestle in this Thunderdome or anything. You know, <laughs> Becky's out. Charlotte. 
I, I don't know. I don't know with her. You know the Bellas are out. You know Ronda's out. Like the, these are all key parts of Evolution. You're using the women that you have on the roster now. Don't get me wrong. All these women are talented. You haven't done shit with them in yeah. in six months. So I just and, I just don't see what and you're doing. Jeremy, Alexa will be in Hollywood by then. Yes, too, right. Exactly. So you know it would be a tough card to put together. Now I'm with you. It's, it's a kind of side of it that I hadn't really thought of before. So I thought we, as two male voices, would explore <laughs> that here on the podcast. Nonetheless. Uh, also on SmackDown, Jay Uso won a, a Fatal 4-Way match that he wasn't originally in, but Big E got taken out by Sheamus. Jay Uso inserted, wins it. Jay Uso against Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions. Uh, cousin against Cousin. I couldn't be like more in on this. I actually yeah. love this. I love that it's totally it's totally fresh and random, but still makes perfect sense. And more than that, I love that it's not... You know when Jinder got elevated and it was like, this is random and wacky, but it kind of sucked too because he'd lost 100 singles matches <laughs> before that? This isn't that, right? Because Jey Uso just hasn't been a singles wrestler. Right. So in terms of like how you're framing the show, there's a nice element of unknown there where it's like, He's never had to be in this spot because he's one of the best tag teams ever with his brother. So, like, I, I love that dynamic. The big takeaway with all this, though, is that Roman is not, like, this This whole bit with him and Heyman, he is not just being Brock Lesnar here, no. right? Like, this is a very different approach in which it almost seems like Heyman is, like, he's, like, paying a debt to Roman, almost, right? Like, he's talking all harsh, and, he, you know, he's poor, he does the gun fingers and all that good stuff, but... Um, Roman, we, I think everyone knows he would always been a great heel. His pure like body language and his physical confidence and charisma was extraordinary on SmackDown. But like, I thought he looked so much more comfortable in this role than he has in a lot of his run. Now, I thought for the last couple of years he kind of figured that out anyway. But I'm just excited to see Roman in this role. And more than that, I'm pumped that his first title defense is a match that he can win in eight minutes without it being like a classic and he ain't going to hurt the other guy. You know, like that to me is all of this I can't be more on board with. I think it's great. I like that they added a story to this almost meaningless title defense because you knew once they announced this fatal four-way match, the original people were Big E, Riddle, Corbin, and Sheamus. You're thinking you can't give away Big E now like not if you yeah. actually have plans with this guy down the line like you, ju- you just can't roman's not losing at clash of champions okay exactly. anybody can report yes. that all right <laughs> um, yeah, jeremy lambert from fightful says roman reigns will not lose a clash of champions i'll be correct on that all right i'll i'll tell everybody keep following me with for more accurate scoops he's not losing a clash of champions so you don't want to do big e because there's no real drama there riddle you you don't want to quite do that because i guess they have plans for him you don't want to just squash that right away I thought, all right, Sheamus or Corbin win. You, you do a little two-week feud, however long the, this pay-per-view is before the pay-per-view. He beats him in 30 seconds. No harm, no foul. They switched it up, and they're like, you know, let's put Jey Uso in there. Like you said, you got an actual story in there. You can do six, seven, eight minutes on this match. Roman can look great. You give Uso some hope spots because he knows him well, and maybe yes. Roman's still wrestling with things in his head and whatnot, however you want to lay the match out. But it'll help Jey. Because he's, he's going back to the tag team once Jimmy's healthy, so he'll be fine. And it'll help Roman because it'll show off a different side of him. And it'll give him a quick victory where he's not sitting in a chin lock for four minutes in the match. Yes, all of that cosign. 
and even just in like the most sort of pure fan way, I'm just it's just fun to see one of the Usos like doing single yeah. stuff, right? Like they are such remarkable wrestlers. You love the Usos. The way... You got them the smoky the smoky uh, promos with the the lockdown yes. cage and everything. Wonder where you're going with that one, but yes, I did <laughs> with the smoky promo. But you know they're they're a terrific team, one of the all time teams. But because of that, and because of the promotion, and especially, and just kind of their act in general, like there's no need to see them in singles matches other than the classic, you know, one Uso wrestles one guy, that whole tag team build that they love. Yeah. And then matches never mean anything. I'm just interested in what they produce here. So that part of it as a fan is cool. And then all of the reasons you stacked up, it's hard to look at this as anything other than a home run to me. Um, I also think, I mentioned about Roman's whole, like the, the persona and such. Backstage segments are like the ultimate quality swing in WWE, right? Some of them are so contrived to the point where it's like, I could not possibly care. A victim of that often is poor King Corbin, who will find himself sort of wandering around <laughs> aimlessly before running into like Chad Gable. And it's just, it always sucks. But when you have guys who are comfortable with what they're you know, going to deliver and they have that kind of chemistry, Roman and Jey Uso stuff was so compelling without doing anything. You know, like the the dynamic of, of Roman almost being like understated. And he wasn't, you know, doing the kind of mustache twirling heel stuff by any means. He was just, he's different. He has a different approach. We still know very little. We just know that Paul Heyman seems like almost in fear of Roman. It's fun, man. They give us enough that we want to come back, but they didn't give us the whole thing. And like, here's Roman's whole motivation and stuff. You know, it's like, they give us enough. We get it. But I want more character uh, development. That's a that's a big term for this show. Character <laughs> development. And and more layers, Jeremy, is what I really want. No, but seriously, I thought this was great. I'm all for it. I like that Heyman, because it wasn't just, all right, it's Heyman with Roman instead of Brock. Yes. Uh, I thought that was Heyman's best promo he's done in forever, because all the Brock promos feel the same. They've, they've felt the same for two, three years now. This one, like you said, he was more subdued. More, I like I like that more, like, he felt in fear of yes. Roman. Like he's he's there to, as you said, like pay a debt with, with everything. So I, I thought Heyman was great. Roman really shined in, in those promos. And Jey Uso, you got a little bit more out of Jey Uso than you would mm-hmm. expect. And the dude hasn't been on television since I guess Mania when when Jimmy got hurt. So it was good to see him, and he's in yeah. a is in a good spot. I thought this was great. I thought SmackDown was excellent this past week. I was in a terrible mood. I thought it was an excellent show. I think, I know that I this was part, like, me being silly, but I think SmackDown has actually been pretty good since, like, everything shut down. Now, look, there have been weeks where both of us have messaged each other and been like, this show sucks. <laughs> On a whole, the last six months, I think it has been far better than Raw. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the consensus. I, what I do feel with SmackDown is, even if some of the stuff sucks and I don't like it, or that's wrestling, right? There is an element of, like, I want to tune in because I feel like I've missed something. I haven't felt that with Raw since the late 90s, Jeremy. You know I mean? <laughs> no, but it's seriously, like, I do, there's an element of SmackDown where it's like, there's some stuff going on, there's some hooks for the show, and that's all you can ask for. Where they go with it is a whole other matter, and you know, I, I have faith with this. By the way, have you watched the new version of the Talking Smack, Jeremy? Uh, I've watched bits and pieces. I haven't watched, like, the whole show. There's a really neat little narrative element that Jay put in where he was explaining like he kind of loves Paul Heyman. He was talking about these, you know, the family's history of Paul and all that great stuff. And he was like, you know, I can't trust him. I'm not sure what he's here for, but I love the guy. And it was like, man, there is a whole 
there's a whole theme you can go with there that is just great. Fits both guys perfectly. So this is weird. We're doing like a this this is we've changed brands here, Jeremy. We're about to bury all out too. We have changed. <laughs> We have changed brands. We were trying to, you mentioned that Rawls felt the same since the 90s. We were trying to come up with topics for Rawl. And this past week was legitimately, if you watched, if you watched a month ago, two months ago, you watched this past week's show. And definitely if you watched last week's show. We had Keith Lee and Randy Orton wrestling for the fourth time in three weeks. I know one was a uh, three-way match, but like, the same match. It was legitimately the same match they did in, in Keith Lee's debut. Garza and Andrade against Street Profits has been going on for five years now. The only thing that happened on Raw was Cedric joined the Hurt Business and uh, the Mysterio family beat Buddy Murphy like he was a pinata, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Otherwise, Raw was three hours of nothing. One week, you're going to just be like, next topic, Angel Garza and Andrade. Are they splitting? <laughs> and, I'm, and we're going to discuss it like it's a brand new. I'm actually convinced we covered that pre-WrestleMania. <laughs> it's September. I mean, I'm all for long stories, but that one isn't even a story. It's just like one scene. No, playing yeah, over that, and over that's what it is. Like These aren't stories. It's the same note over and yes. over again. And it's like you're not actually – you're not advancing anything. You're, you're just yeah. doing doing the same thing. And then when the turn happens or whatever happens – you expect us to care, and it's like they've been doing this the same thing with no motivation, no actual advancement for for three months now. I, I don't care about any of this. Yeah. Raw sucks. I, I do want to say, though, and I know that everyone's given them enough love already, but it can't be overstated how valuable the Hurt Business is to that show, right? Yeah. Like It is actually insane that Bobby, MVP, and Shelton are providing them with like minimum 30 minutes every week. I, I don't like to, you know, I don't know what their process is. I think I have a pretty good clue, but I don't know. <laughs> but there is 100% element of just like, we have three hours to fill. Man. Like it's, it's, I get it. And boy, are they helping in that regard, right? I mean, they did what, two six-man tags this week? I guess the second was an eight-man. They did a VIP. Like, anything they can do to help the show, they're doing it. I would like my friend Bob to get a, a nicer a more prestigious title around his waist though, than the one he has. I accept it for now as a consolation. This this advanced that. I want the big one. I want the big gold, which doesn't exist anymore. That's what I want. Uh, I think you'll be waiting a while, unfortunately. Maybe you can get the Raw Underground Championship. I don't know when the finals is for Raw Equally Underground. Equally good. <laughs> yes, also good. Look, the Bob thing, at least he's not doing terrible marriage angles with Lana. That's a win, right? Like, massive win. So there you go. What happened with that angle? He, um, I Lana forgot. I legitimately forgot play. that Bobby Lashley and Lana were married for like two months. Yeah. She called the wrong play at WrestleMania, and Alistair Black kicked Bobby in the head. Oh, all right. And then because so, when he beat Lashley, that gave Black the momentum to turn heel, <laughs> and Lashley the momentum to get a title shot. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wins and losses do not matter. Yeah, I, we've learned. I that. understand. Like, if your criticism is they should, fine. I'm with that. We can talk about. It. I kind of agree. However, I cannot stress enough, they do not matter, okay? It's pretty, pretty clear at this point, but yes, I'm they with you. Not. Uh, let's talk about All Out. We're going to start with the topic that was the topic from All Out. Matt Hardy took a bump, hit his head on concrete. It looked very bad. Uh, he looked out unconscious for a moment. Uh, he was purple in the face for 
for a moment. Uh, the referee Aubrey Edwards tried to stop the tried to stop the match. Matt got to his feet, um, stumbling around, could not stand. Very clear. They did stop the match, and then after two minutes or so, they decided. Matt was fine. They could keep the match going. They finished the match. Matt was obviously supposed to win. Matt won. He was taken to the hospital for precautionary reasons. Tony Khan says he doesn't have a concussion. Rebby Hardy said he'd 1,000% had a concussion. Uh, he was on dynamite. He said he's going to recover from his injury. I don't know what his injury is. He didn't have any injuries after the doctors. This whole situation is weird, and it put a big damper on All Out. Yeah, so I was going to say, I mean, one of our topics is like all out in a, in a grander sense. Yes. But, I mean, these are the same because one of them had a major impact on the reactions of the other, right? Now, I think there are a lot more issues with all out than just this alone, but it was clear in terms of consensus this had a big impact. So that's that's definitely a kind of group deal. So um, I completely share everyone's anger and disappointment at the way they handled this situation. However... Oh my God. I think more focus needs to be dealt on what are we doing here? Who, how is no one saying, you know what, Matt? I don't think you should take that bump. I'm sorry. I may have missed the memo, Jeremy. You've listened to 100 Matt Hardy interviews and transcribed 99 of them. The whole point of Broken Matt and all that silliness was it let him work smarter, not harder, right? Matt is known for being a creative guy who has found ways to adjust and stay relevant without killing himself in there. I'm sorry, man, this is insanity. Like, we have become way too comfortable with professional wrestlers doing actual stunt work. That is not what this should be. I'm sorry, like, this is my take on it in general. That was not even the finish of the match. That was the opening spot, effectively. What are we doing at that point? It's like a cut-off spot. Him spearing him that far onto a table, two tables. So, to me, that's where this links with the show. AEW is on a personal of my favourite show to watch, Dynamite, each week. Okay? It's the direction I enjoy talking about most. They have a serious quality control issue. They need some filters sometimes. And this show had a ton of examples of them letting guys do dumb stuff, unnecessary stuff. And this obviously takes cake because of all that happened. And yes, I gotta stress, I'm with everyone that didn't like the handling of it. It was dumb and it was terrible. However, I grasp that, like, you know, they're in a kind of frantic state. They're panicking, this, that, and this thing. It sucks. It's wrestling, right? But, man, Matt should be smart on this. God bless him. I hope he's well with whatever his injury is. And is no one stepping forward and saying, no, we don't need to do this. Let's be honest here, Jeremy. No one bought the pay-per-view for that match. And that's not a criticism of them. That's, that's what the situation was. We don't need that bump coming one match after a battle royal in which we did a body bag, thumbtack, powerbomb onto a ramp with steps on it at some point we've got to accept like yes it's great you're giving the audience as much as you can and i appreciate that i really do but the audience doesn't want to be made to feel uncomfortable you know like come on just rein this in a little bit before something worse than this happens that's all i would say the they were fighting on a scissor lift and as you said they speared them through two tables that they overshot and AEW apparently cracked a million uh, for Dynamite last night. Breaking news. Cool. Um, <laughs> Just as I did that rant about their issues. Pulling <laughs> they, they, they didn't go up against uh, NXT. But hey, yeah. you know, good on them. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, so it was 1.016. Uh, 1. So just got it. 
you know, still okay. good on them. Uh, where was I at? Oh, they were on the scissor lift fighting. There was a spear through it, through two tables, on a concrete. And, yeah, Matt, they overshot it. Matt hit his head. Like you said, that that was an early spot in the match. The finish, I don't know if this was supposed to be the original finish, if they audibled on the fly, whatever they ended up doing. The finish was very similar of just, yes. they climbed a scaffolding and then Sammy fell. <clears throat> Maybe he was four feet higher in the air when when he uh, fell off the scaffolding through the, the tables down below, the staging area below. It's like, you just did that spot as a non-finish, and now you're going to do this as a finish. This is an issue they have in matches. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about the whole show. We're not going to talk about this match. The The pre-show match between Dark Order and Private Party, John Silver does this, like, spinning power bomb, and they're doing, like, yeah. German... Like, some of the combos Dark Order did, and, like, that wasn't the finish. Like, this should be the finish. Do finishes that are actual finishes, and, like you said, the stunt work stuff. Like, don't just give this stuff away. And have it be a, a false finish on this stuff. But the problem is, they do all these false finishes in regular matches, so they feel like they gotta do all these crazy false finishes in gimmick matches as well. And it's like, why? Why do yeah. we have to do false finishes, crazy stuff like this in gimmick matches? Just a crazy bump like that, that should be the finish. And here's my absolute least favorite and this is not about matt hardy this is about the concept in general which is it, to be clear this is my choice to go this way because to be honest i mean everyone has discussed tony khan and the hand we've all done that at this point right like so this is just we're talking broad here if you do the stunt safely it will look terrible because it will be so phony looking how many times we see with wwe right they'll do a big stunt and it'll be like no one buys that you can see all the padding the mat and so guess what? Just don't do it. <laughs> if, you're, if your safe way of doing it makes it look less like sort of wow, and the other way is, yes, let's just risk poor 45-year-old Matt Hardy's head. How about we go with neither, right? Like it's Because here's the thing. It's, I, you know, we get lost sometimes in what this audience is. We often, with the casual fan stuff, I know that's a joke now, but the audience that bought this pay-per-view, I can promise you, they just wanted to be entertained. They did not want to see poor Matt in serious danger. I mean, he was, you could see, it was a striking image when he hit the floor, right? Yeah. He, that was a man I out. legitimately thought he was dead. I legitimately yes, it thought was he terrifying. was terrified. And, you know, I don't want to kind of, um, like, speak for the whole audience. But at the same time, I just, I don't think people bought this pay-per-view because they're like, man, I want to see Matt kill Sammy. It's like, that's not what this show is. It's more like a... Like, people want to see the performance. I know I know it's going to annoy people. That's the truth, isn't it? Right? Like, people like that. How many people, Jeremy, did you see say, I'm buying this pay-per-view because I think FTR are going to have this classic match? Or, you know I mean? That's really what AEW is. So that makes it even worse. Because no one's buying the spot, the stunts as being actually dangerous. Even though, here's the kicker, they are incredibly dangerous. Like, it's just... it's And the saddest part of it is, is Matt is so much smarter than this. And the whole thing of him going there was he can be a coach and a mentor. And it's like, come on, Matt. Like, what are we doing here? You're, you're doing the worst kind of stuff. So, yeah, obviously the whole thing sucks. I hope Matt is well. I don't mean to, like, kick him while he's down. I just, we need to be a lot less tolerant of just being like, yeah, like they, they just do these full-on, like, movie stunts now. Why? <laughs> There's no need. The best stuff on this show, and we're going to get into all that now. I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. But the best stuff on this show was the professional wrestling. It was not the 
you know, wild, oh my God, what an idea stuff. To me, anyway. That's all. And continuing the match was just so Matt could win because of the, the stipulation. So dumb. That, yeah. I don't get that either. I, I just, he didn't need to win. You know, all right, I get he leaves AEW. How many times have you done it to where it just it just comes back? You know, a guy just comes back. Oh, they they left the promotion forever. They come back. Matt Hardy's got fifteen different personalities. All right, Matt Hardy's left the promotion. Here comes Damascus or whatever. He's still in the promotion. Yeah. Like, you don't need to continue it just to give to give Matt the victory. And I'm pretty sure that played a part in why they continued it and that put them at further at risk it was handled poorly all around it was a bad idea it was bad execution it was bad follow-up and it completely it killed the vibe for the rest of this show which we're going to get into now because the match between thunder rosa and kirishita had to follow this match they had a great match no one cared unfortunately because of what they had just seen with matt hardy but what what else did you take from this show this show alarm me in some in some cases and you know i spoke about quality control but there's, that's a very broad term we can kind of isolate in now so just straight up front i thought mox and mjf was a very good main event that fell victim to an incredibly long show and that was it was very wrestlemania main event to me you know yeah um i thought ftr and hangman and omega was very good i know it seems like i'm in the minority on that that's fine i liked it very much and as you said the woman's title match was terrific However, there was a feel to this show that I don't, as much as Matt Hardy certainly heightened the issue, I thought it was there from the start. There was this sort of, and I, I've you know, come to realise the heat and such, the audience was kind of suffering sitting there, right? But at some point, someone is going to have to explain, like, look, here's the deal. AEW has a great roster now. One of our next topics will kind of be another addition to that. The pay-per-views are not your chance to say, look how many great wrestlers we have. I think this show would have been far better for having Darby and Ricky Starks in place of the whole Battle Royal, which was like a perfect example of just stuff happening, right? Um, and that, to me, coming two matches after the dent, the uh, two for now deal, which I'm sure you loved, <laughs> I thought just set the tone. And then when you have Matt too, it's like, geez, this is not... Not going well. So I was left it feeling as though they are kind of some of their faults had come come to click, come more clear over that four and a half hours or whatever it was. That's all. Do you see how much this sun is coming? Yes, in it's on amazing. It's currently like an album cover. It's extraordinary. <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. The, I'm just looking at yes. the shot here. Uh, <laughs> I thought that it. For, it was way too long. I think WWE has actually done the right thing during this era yes. of like, hey, two and a half hours. I don't think any pro wrestling program should be longer than Raw. All right? Like, that's three hours. That's way too much. I understand it's a pay-per-view. I don't think any program should be longer than Raw. Three hours, cut it off. That's that's all I want to see from these shows. Mm-hmm. I If you're going to do the Battle Royal, I would have moved that to the pre-show I, I would have, because they moved the tooth and nail match off of the pre-show, and I, it was a dumb match. I actually didn't, like, enjoy it that much. It was... It kind of sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't very, like, they had some campy moments, but even those campy moments just, like, weren't all that good. Yeah. Um, so, they, they moved that off the pre-show, and instead of replacing it with a pay-per-view match, they just put two cold matches 
on the pre-show. And don't get me wrong, I liked the Dark Order and Private Party match. I thought it was good. But and then Janela and Serpentico, why did those need to be on on the pre-show? Put the Battle Royal on the pre-show. They could have put the eight-man tag on the pre-show uh, with, with Dark yeah. Order and those guys. They could have put the Bucks and, and uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus on the pre-show. Like They could have easily moved that stuff instead of, all right, let's keep our main card the same, essentially add another match to it, and then throw on two pre-show matches. If you want to say, hey, the pre-show is important, and you should tune in, and this is to get you to buy the show and everything, then port important more matches on it. Like, you're just putting cold matches on this pre-show. Yeah. It, it made it feel like just any other WWE pre-show. Way too long. Yes. Uh, FTR, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, I thought that was too long as well. Edit that down, cut it down. They did all that work on Omega's leg that meant nothing. Like, he just... It was just... He walked off. Yeah, it was just nothing. Uh, it felt like the crowd was just, like, waiting for the turn and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And because it never came, they were just like, oh, okay, that's the... The finish was weird, too. Omega's just standing there on the apron. And something just didn't click in that match. The main event, I like that match, too. But that's a case of, all right, you've already gone long. I don't need 10 minutes of chain wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To, to start this. Like, once the, yeah. Yeah, once the blood happened, I thought it really picked up. That should have happened about eight minutes sooner. Um, it was just a long show. I didn't think it was, like, a bad show. It was the worst it AEW. Yeah. It was the worst AEW pay-per-view, but it, it was just, it was too long. Yes, I... It is important to note that, like, objectively speaking, it's a good show, right? Like, it had, like, a handful of matches we liked. So, therefore, like, by, you know, in the in kind of the uh, most sort of consensus standards, it's a good show, right? It wasn't like we had nothing to enjoy on it. But watching it was a very different experience than sort of explaining it match by match, right? Like, it was a... I do think the two for now, going with that as the opener, I think, was like an all-time insane move. Yeah, and I, the more I, I think about it, it's so strange. Because, like, the whole thing with the pay-per-view, especially with their pay-per-views, they have four a year, and they are very expensive, right, Jeremy? So, like, people are in there, like, let's go. And it's like, welcome, everybody. Here we go to the to Britt Baker's dentist. What? Why are we doing this first, you know? do it, Use that to space out stuff later. If anything, if Hangman and Omega and FTR wasn't going on last, perhaps they should have gone first, with, because they were going long. I don't know. There was just a lot of strange decisions that, like, AEW has done a really good job of being, like, in, they've been competent in areas I thought they could be shaky for a year. This show was like, okay, let's bring them back down to earth a little bit. The wrestling gods almost, JBL, was like, you know, let's bring them back down to earth. There are holes there, and that's fine. I think they'll be better off for this show. 
But I have to be honest in saying I didn't enjoy watching it that much, which bummed me out, i got to say. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else on the show that stood out to me. I thought Sheeta and Rosa was great. That was a Sheeta gave a lot in that match, and they're bringing yes. back Thunder Rosa uh, to do an NWA title match next week on, on Dynamite. So I don't know what uh, the deal is with Thunder Rosa's contract with NWA. I know she has a she has a lot of big aspirations, and she should. She's very talented, both in the ring, on the mic, behind the scenes. So uh, I hope the best for her. And, and you know, if this lands a full time gig in AEW more power to her but i thought that match was great like there was some like you said there was some good wrestling i just don't need a four and a half hour show i mean right, yeah. you, you tack on the pre-show this show didn't end till eleven thirty. Like, it's just it's too long way yeah. way too long. and i think we spoke about this before like we've done two aw papers before this one i think since we started this show and like i will often say my biggest criticism of their shows is they try too hard at every moment like and often, I think that's fine. Like, sometimes matches go too long, and I just sort of go, eh, they're on pay-per-view, it's expensive in the modern wrestling landscape, let them be. This was the first time it actually had a negative impact, right? Where it was like, not only are they trying too hard and going too long, it is now making me enjoy the rest of this. Like, man, when Jericho went out there to do the most mayhem match, I was like, please, I can't. I can't watch Chris Tease taking this bump any longer. Like, it was just, we were so deep in. That so, was a weird match because they they're like oh pinfalls and submissions count too like you're you're not gonna do a pinfall you're not doing this big vat two vats of mimosa and be like yeah, yeah Orange Cassidy just wins with a roll up here <laughs> like I didn't even understand why they added that to the match just he's got to go into the mimosa that's gonna be the finish why bullshit and be like yeah pinfalls and submissions are here it would have ruled if Chris just like submitted him with a water chair I was hoping that or someone just like slipped and fell in it it was like screw it just by the way while we're on this show we spoke about the battle royal when it, it, I didn't like the battle royal I don't know about you I've seen some people say they really liked it I thought it sucked so what the, just, the battle royal yeah the 94 man casino battle royal yeah I Outside of Darby's bump where he nearly... That guy, by the way, talk about just doing Chill. stunts. For, Calm down. Yeah, like, you don't need to be taking all this stuff every every single week, every single pay-per-view. Like, a blind yeah. powerbomb with a thumbtack body bag? Like, what What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? In the Battle Royal. Like, why? <laughs> if you're going to do that, you could have saved it for Dynamite. And at least it would have been like a, more of a headline. By the time that show ended, it was like, Darby did what? People, people completely forgot, especially after the Matt Hardy stuff. People completely yes. forgot that, that Darby took that spot. By the way, this is what I was going to say. It's the Battle Royal, Eddie Kingston like, purposely went under the bottom rope, and they, it was pronounced as possible. He mentioned it on Dynamite. I know we're going to talk about Dynamite with something else, but just quickly, are we assuming they're going to make this a thing? Was it always a thing? Is it them reacting to an accident? What do we actually think is going on with that whole deal? Because Eddie just mentioned it, and it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, he weird. mentioned it at the end of his promo on Dynamite. They've already announced the Moxley and Lance Archer match. Like, they're already building towards that. I would assume that we do in an Archer and Kingston, because the, the Moxley and Archer match is until, like, mid-October. So yeah. they're, they're like, going to build that match. I would assume we do an Archer and Kingston match at some point between now and then of like, Hey, I wasn't eliminated. Like you got to actually beat me type of thing. If not, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of, of that was. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know if they did it on purpose. But regardless, like, it happened. You got to follow up on it. I thought the finish of that match, and I'm an optimist, Jeremy, as you know, this podcast is very optimistic. But I thought the finish of that match was an indication that AEW kind of realized that people are rooting Freddie Kingston. Because, like, he's a heel, right? And Archer is a heel when he was the last guy thrown. And he's like... They're kind of doing the thing with him where he's the um, he's like the lovable rogue, right? Like he's not a nice guy by any means, but people root for him. That audience that was dead silent for the majority of that show because it was obviously so hot and it was long, they were with Eddie Kingston as he battled with Lance Archer and Jake Roberts' bored snake that would not leave its bag. <laughs> so I just would... It would be interesting if they inserted Eddie in some form or fashion because then you could protect Archer. I'm just... Archer and Moxley, it's weird. I really enjoyed their Tokyo Dome match, but like it does nothing for me in the AEW land, and I don't really know why. Again, that may be a me thing. Jake Roberts, the stock is beginning to decline. For yeah, me. Okay, I'm gonna be I, honest with you. I think that's the bigger issue with Archer is that I'm not sure Jake Roberts is helping him right now. Yes. Like the that initial promo on Cody, fantastic. Awesome. Everything else since, where he's talking about busting nuts and shit, like just very sexual man, yeah, very sexually driven man, yeah, incredible to hear. <laughs> it makes me actively uncomfortable, which I know is his intention. But like, I often watch the show and be like, man, if I'm uncomfortable right now, I can only imagine how some of the audience feels watching this. They console. they got they got to put Jake and Jim on a timeout for a little while. They... <laughs> hey, look, we actually kind of need to talk about it because it was like so flagrant. Man, I mean, he seemed like he was on his best behavior at Dynamite, and I would hope that's because someone spoke to him. I mean, he was on his best behavior, but he was even bitter on stuff because he was like, "Oh, can't say that. Gonna get yelled at about that." Like he was clearly, he was clearly bitter about what was said to him and the reaction to him. Look, ride it out. Renee Young will be here soon, Jeremy. Do you like that? That's just where I'm going with this. It's gonna be a while. For Renee, yeah, sure. Do you remember when Renee left WWE and someone was like? Hey, it'd be fine if she went to AEW and people were like, shut up, you loser, ESPN. <laughs> and then she interviews was like, yeah, I might do something in wrestling. Seems fun. That'll be fun. No one will get mad when she shows up in AEW, right? No one ever gets mad when WWE stars show in AEW. <laughs> Moving on to our next topic. Uh, our next topic is Miro, the former Rusev, did show up in AEW. He was the best man for Kip Sabian. Straight out of uh, Cisco, Eminem. 90s with his bleach blonde hair um cut a promo basically just said not in the same house anymore not under the glass ceiling shove that brass ring up your ass it's it's miro day and that was it uh what what'd you think of this joe it was a little bit like a, like surreal it was like a dream it was like oh my god like impact this it was so it was very dude yeah the shot from behind like that was like straight out of what they did with christian cage when when he debuted in impact yeah like (laughs) it was very impact very very impact it and i before we get into because i mean both of us love him right like this is not him I, i love miro it it genuinely came across like a satirical like take on the classic wwe guy promo and like, I haven't got prop because I think generally the AW audience enjoys that stuff. And if he's just one reference, like who cares, right? He does one promo about it, move on. 
putting him with in this thing is uh, <laughs> is a bold move. Now here's the deal. Looking at that roster, we have Brian Cage, Brody, and Archer. It actually probably is a waste of, of Miro to be like, yeah, he's going to just come and be like a tough guy heel that beats people up. Like, He's better than that, right? He's more versatile than that. However, I'm not sure you want to extend his range this far. I mean, it's his first thing. My hope is he will beat up the Kip Sabian very badly soon. So I'm happy to see him. I think he's a terrific talent. One of the most like legitimately misused guys I can think of. Yes. But somewhat of an alarm bell just because of like I watching it I was like oh god I've seen this story before you know <laughs> or Aaron Ricks I've seen it I've heard it just be careful that's what I'd say it was I'm happy he's in AEW I, I do love Miro I think he should have he deserved much better in WWE because yes. he is such a, a talented and diverse performer this was such a cold debut just so cold coming out with Kip Sabian. Like no one cares about Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Hey, no come one, on now. No one cares. That's my countryman, Jeremy Lambert. Don't go after the Brits. It's been, Brit a, it's, been a, it's been a tough day for your countryman, Joe. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, no one cares. It's, it's actually been a cu- tough couple of months. If you think about it, but yes. yeah, no, no one cares about Kip Sabian and that promo. I like, I don't mind the shots at WWE. I it's a war, you know. Have fun with it. Who cares? It's not really a war, but have fun with it. Who cares? They it felt so weak though. It just felt like everyone expects me to say something about WWE. I'm gonna say just something it. about yeah. it. And like he said the exact same thing. Like or really just like the most cliche thing: brass ring, glass ceiling. Like all right, we heard this one before. His his look. That that blonde hair, it ain't working. It ain't working. It had had that feel. And again, I don't think this is the case. I'm just telling you what I, as a viewer, felt. It really felt like a guy that couldn't turn down the money. It did, I'm sorry. The way he looked and his whole tone and temperament, he seemed excited when they chanted for him, but his whole sort of like demeanor was that of a man that was like, I can do this and Twitch stream. It's easy money. I can't go to Japan for a while. Let's just do this. So I, I am so optimistic about what he can be, but I'm not going to pretend that this left me like super enthused because it just it felt a little bit like yeah I'll have some fun in AEW like nothing else is going on right now. I hope that isn't the case because he could be an awesome addition to that roster. I hope he is. And this is the issue we talked about it when WWE released these guys when we had our basically like draft board of all right who, you know who do we think is going to be these players? It's like well you're going based off potential of what we've seen in WWE, so many guys just get beaten down by WWE. Yeah. And then they, once they're out, they realize the freedom and they realize, Hey, I don't really need this wrestling stuff right now. Like I'm just kind of <laughs> right, checked yeah. out on it. But then someone comes along with a big money off and they're like, eh, sure. May as well do it. Like you mentioned, uh, Damian Sandow, Aaron Rex, like perfect example. Everyone was like, this guy yeah. is going to be can't miss like the stuff he did with Miz. Oh, so underutilized. And then he just goes to impact and he was just checked out on all of it. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't care about this. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case with uh, Miro, but it certainly seemed the case last night. And now if you're AEW, like you're adding another top talent, another guy who you can position oh, yeah. very well. And <clears throat> look, there's only so much television time. There's only so many spots that people are going to get. AEW loves to be, oh, we're the alternative. We're doing something different and stuff 
it's not always about XWWE guys for me because everyone comes from somewhere. But you keep collecting these guys. That's going to push down these guys you were hyping up at first, like your Janellas, like your private parties, uh, like your Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy and MJF are pretty safe, but like like proud and powerful. Like You've been hyping these guys, and now you keep bringing in these XWWE guys. Guys got to get moved down the pecking order because of it. It's a real thing. I mean, I, I don't want to... I certainly don't want to be the guy that's like, just sign everyone, it's fine. Like, it's a real thing. I mean, the issue comes when people like act as an ex-WWE guy should never get another job in wrestling. Yeah. That's when it gets weird, right? But I'm with you. I think, I mean, look, I, I'm a big FTR guy, but I think there's an argument that their insertion has perhaps cut some other teams off. You know, like I maybe that's true. I don't know. I can't really recall... Like, the Lucha Bros weren't around when they came in, right? So, I don't know. I'd have to investigate that. But they have a lot of good tag teams. And currently, the division is being built around FTR because that's what they deserve as they've been signed here. That could happen elsewhere, and it could be a problem, right? Because often we talk about, in the women's division, they need help, they need help. To be honest, man, the the male main event scene and the tag scene doesn't need any more help. It's actually excellent in terms of depth. I mean, Ricky Starks, and I know we're biased because he's... One of our best friends, Jeremy, right? I am equally friends with Ricky Starks as you are, as you he know. buried my wardrobe and then came out yes. and looking like... I mean, he was trying to be Darby Allen. Came out looking like that on national yes. television. I don't like Ricky Starks. Do you know he messages me every day since I missed that appearance? <laughs> when we were getting, he, every day. When can I come? I say, Ricky, it's hard. We have Firefly fun. Oh, <laughs> oh stop. No spoiler. spoiler. Yeah, almost no spoiled spoiler. that one. So... Um, he, by the way, in all seriousness, has been like extraordinarily good. I mean, he was awesome on power, but like the spotlight is way bigger here, and he couldn't have like fit it more, right? Like he's like just embraced it, he's rolled with it. So they have so much talent, they have to be, and that's why should we complain if Miro is just like a fun comedy mid carder? Like I will complain, but should we? Or is it actually just a guy being like, I'm cool here, push these other guys, it's fine? I don't know. Maybe that's something we're going to see more often. I mean, even if it's that, like, you're still <clears throat> taking away television time from somebody else who could fill yeah, that role. Yeah, and, I yeah, I mean, Miro is, is probably going to be better at it than a lot of people, but he's still taking away time. This is this is an issue, I mean, I ran into it on our TEW series. I run into it every single time on TEW. I want to collect all of this talent, and then I realize, oh, yeah, I just got, like, Adam Cole doing nothing. I'm just burying Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman because... I don't have any actual use for them when in any legitimate promotion, these would be two of your top guys and the yeah. promotion. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't care about these guys. I'm going to just put them under the entire time. Like this is what happens when you do collect all of this talent is there's simply not enough television time for, for all of them to, to actually tell stories. I mean, we talk about their women's division and you know, everyone's like uh, push the women. Some, some of the women they're, they're not ready to really be pushed and all of this stuff. But if you keep collecting these men's talent, just, you're never going to be able to push the women because you're not going to have time yeah. for them. Because it's a real fit. Like there is, it's a real thing that I, when the women will get like a five minute match, like I'm not going to lie. I will sit there and think like, yeah, like I, there's so many guys to fit on this show. I get why they're not being like, okay, now we're going to give, Big Swallow, 10-minute promo. Like, I get it. That is not me saying it's good or right. They should do more. But I'm just saying, like, it's a real thing already. It will get worse as they move forward. So 
a second show that they keep talking about uh, that Cody definitely Go didn't Big have Show. Last night. The Go yes, Big Show like, is the second show. I mean, maybe that will help. That's going to be very interesting how they use that because their audience does seem willing to watch another show, right? I mean, Dark's obviously been a good test for that, and then they've been doing these um, these uh, evolution reruns to test the audience, right, Jeremy? <laughs> so that's that's fine. Um, Miro, we're both very excited for him, and we love him as a talent. We are just a little bit cautious after seeing the, uh, the demeanor of the man. He looked a little bit checked out on debut. So there you go. Yeah, we will. We'll see what happens with Miro. Hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, it's good. Yes. Um, that's it. Anything else from from Dynamite? That Dynamite was no. a fine show. I don't remember half of it. That was a fine show. Oh, Brody and Dustin was like Jim. It was good. Pre- yes, it yeah. was very good. I did troll a bunch of people on Twitter with uh, my what? comment. Did you not see it? I don't think so. No. Oh my god! I even said like this is a troll comment beforehand uh, because people get very mad at me over this stuff. But my my tweet was just like, oh, the alternative where fifty one year old Gold Dust faces forty year old Luke Harper in the main event. You're mean. You're very very mean. Okay, I, I do not appreciate that, Jeremy, but I respect it as a Twitter plug. That's all. But people, yeah, I, people were very mad about that. For some reason, people were ragging on Finn Balor. Oh, NXT. The young brand, no 39-year-old champion, whatever no, that, I know, I know. No NXT talk, but... We're bringing it back if something happens. Not, we're bringing it no, back. If, if Dustin, this is the truth, the biggest compliment to Dustin Rhodes is that I now feel it's not worth talking about how good he is at his age. Like, it feels embarrassing for me to be like, how good is he for his age, uh, Dustin Rhodes? Like, we all, he's so good that it's not even a topic anymore. I have moved on from the fact that at 50, Dustin Rhodes is one of the most compelling in-ring performers in the world, in my view. That's where I'm at, okay? Give me Ed Kingston versus the natural Dustin Rhodes, who is also a nightmare, and I may not do the trade request that I'm pondering right now. Why are you pondering this trade request, by the way? Is it Blue because of all-out? Blue Brand is looking... Listen, man. <laughs> Richard. Oh, that's. A, I was wondering where you wanted to go. So you want to go to the blue yeah. brand? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just okay. saying Pritchard gives me Stan Van vibes. Okay? <laughs> kind of guy I like playing for. That's all I'm saying. He trusts me. I could see it being a good fit. I'm not requesting a trade, to be clear, folks. I'm simply making some requests, once again, in a polite fashion. That's all. You're just doing that's your all. due diligence on what else is out there, weighing your Other options. Other series, yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. I get it. I I think you should stick with one team. That's just me. But I know that's not how you are. <laughs> Too late for that. Yeah. I mean, I've already been on like four teams. <laughs> At this point, I may as well just continue the path I'm on. That's yeah, that's fair. I want fair. championships, Jeremy. I want championships. You know this. Are, are you excited for Stan Van Gundy to coach your, your Sixers? Okay, let's get into this. I would, I'm not even doing a bit. I would rather Stan Van than Billy Donovan. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and it's not because I think he's a better coach. I just like... At least there's like a wacky element to him. Billy Donovan legitimately feels like I was just signing up for being like, let's just do the same thing again. Like, I, I'm not, and I've told you this many times, I'm not educated enough on the game to give you like a breakdown of why he's a good or bad coach. However, his playoff resume would suggest to me that it is an awful, it's like a sideways move from Brett. I, I thought we wanted a guy that makes in-game adjustments and has like experience winning. What are we doing? It's the same thing. Billy so Donovan not, made the Eastern, or Eastern, Western Conference Finals, all right? Yeah, exactly. Look at that win. No, it's not good. <laughs> to me, we've always spoken about off-air and on-air. 
But we are tired by the fact that our teams were tremendous at finding ways to lose. Yes. But why am I switching coaches with someone that also <laughs> shares this trait? Well, what are we doing? Maybe that maybe that'll change it. What if we just traded teams? Like the the entire yes. Sixers roster came to OKC, the entire OKC roster went to Philly, and we'll just see oh. how it works. I you would you would love love if you got Brett with that crew. If you just get the team, they suck. I hate them. But you would love Brett. He's glorious. Um, here's the deal, though. There is one uh, scenario in which the Billy Donovan is very fun. CP, here's the offer, officially, on the table right now. Mike Scott, Zaire Smith, and a second. Who says no? For Donovan? Sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris Paul we're talking about here. No. No, I say no to that deal. What? Mike Scott's like thirty-six percent from free. Yeah, right? good for him. We got uh, we got Mike Muscala to shoot thirty-six percent from three. That's very disrespectful, <laughs> but also true. Zaire Smith could be something in this league. You know, could that, be. Right? That's what I hear. People people really try to talk uh, into Zaire Smith. Every trade, every single Sixers trade that is done by a Sixers fan who doesn't want to put Matisse Thybul in every deal he belongs in is like. <laughs> Zaire Smith, there he is, three million. What are you thinking? Poor Zaire, it's not his fault, right? I'm not even like super high on Tybal because like we got Lou Dort. What do we need? What do we need Matisse Tybal for? Like, but that's legitimately the best prospect the Sixers have, right? There's nobody else who you're thinking like, oh yeah, this is a guy who you probably want to include in a deal here. So, the deal is. I'm biased because not because I think they deserve to get Chris Paul because I think you'd be insane to take Harris or Holford. Like you know, this is Bradley Jimley stand. Yeah, he Harris talked me sucks. out of this trade. Dude, honestly, they shouldn't do it. But <laughs> am I being a fool here to think that like if they pulled it off, Paul Simmons and Embiid is like it's really I good. Don't know if I'm, yeah, like, I feel like I'm fooling myself again. But I would legitimately believe if we had like a chance. I don't know why. Because oh, the thing, yeah. our issue is we haven't got a guy to close games. Chris Paul was tremendous at that this year. You know, I don't know. You would 100% talk yourself into this being good. And it is. Like, it is. And then they would yeah. just Sixers you because that's what happens with our yes. teams. I've learned this <laughs> very much. Um, but no, the, like, Chris Paul is a guy you need because he can play off ball as a spot up shooter. For, for Ben Simmons, Chris Paul's very well shooting the ball from three. He can attack off the dribble, especially if uh, closeouts are late and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you've got a guy who can close games. That was Chris Paul's whole MO this year yeah. is he wasn't that great in the th- first through third quarters. He just kind of controlled the game, played at his pace, did Chris Paul things. But it was mainly Schroeder and Shea doing the heavy lifting in the yeah. first three quarters. Fourth quarter came, though. It was like, all right, Chris Paul's just going to take this over. He's going to get that little elbow jumper that he loves. He's going to hit all the big shots. Like He's, he's going to do what Chris Paul does. And that's exactly what you need in, in Philadelphia. It would be a very good thing. I, as a Thunder fan, Tobias Harris, both those contracts suck, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just awful. Tobias Harris, I think, can be like a good 1B option. Like, I'm kind of talking about... He was good for the Clippers as a 1B option, okay? Not of that money. That money completely scares me. And if he doesn't turn out to be a good 1B option, it's very tough to move. Like, the best-case scenario with him is he proves himself in OKC, almost like Chris Paul. is like He kind of has a resurgence year. People realize, oh, maybe it was just the Sixers situation that was really bad 
for Tobias yeah. Harris. Maybe playing him with two, uh, four other guys who are six, uh, five along with him wasn't the best fit for for this guy. And, and when you put him around like guards who can move the ball and create their own shot and stuff, he, he does a little bit better. Maybe we'll take that contract. Um, and, and it's the same thing with Al Horford. It's just a matter of is that going to happen, and if it does, can you sell people? on those contracts. I want to make this clear now, in case it does happen, that I am under no... like I'm fully aware that as soon as Chris Paul arrives in Philadelphia, he will injure himself <laughs> or get like infinitely worse. Like I want to be He's clear... He's a vegan now. He's a vegan. I, but I know the truth. It's already in my mind. It's okay. done. Okay? But I'm just, in the most optimistic sense... I don't really get why they wouldn't, because when I see people saying that as a reason not to, it's like, look at the team now. <laughs> like, it's obviously not ideal if Chris Paul turns up and gets injured, but like, the team isn't good with, with Hallford healthy or Harris healthy. Like, I think it's worth the risk. My issue is I just kind of refuse the idea that we'd have the best offer. I mean, yeah, I don't know what his value is, but it just seems unlikely to me. And, and that's the thing, is there's going to be multiple teams after Chris Paul, after what he did. Um, yeah. this season, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's gotta go all in. They, they just have to, because last year of Giannis, he can say, I love it here. I want to be here long-term and stuff until he signs that contract. Those words don't mean shit. Cause we've heard that from a yeah. lot of superstars before and they gotta do, they gotta do something great regular season. They, they failed in the playoffs this year spectacularly, but even last year wasn't great. Um, so they're there. If the Lakers don't win it this year, they're going to have to... LeBron, he's 35. Something's got to change there, I, I would assume. Because, yeah. I mean, Chris Paul's not going to make them younger, but it get, at least gives you another very talented player. Miami, if they don't make it, maybe they make some changes. There will be teams out there for Chris Paul. New York is just going to be a connection because it's New York. Um, mm-hmm. So there's going to be the offers out there. Does Philly have the best offer? I don't know. I, I still think Sam Presti's in a very good position. And as far as Donovan goes, yeah, you you don't you don't want him as your coach. I think Vi- no, I, don't. I, I think Billy Donovan, he, by all accounts, very nice guy, did some good things in Oklahoma City, some great regular seasons. The playoff record speaks for itself. Uh, the failures. I, I tweeted this stat <clears throat> yesterday, and, and I harped on this before. Sixteen straight playoff road losses. I don't even get how that happens. And then in in, in those losses, because um, they, they've, they've lost 16 games. That dates back to 2016. Just to 2017, in their 16 losses since then, eight of them were double-digit losses. And, like, three of them were by 20 points. Two of them were, like, 30 points. Like, their margin in in the last four years in the playoffs was, like, minus 136 or something. Like, when they lost, yeah. they lost spectacularly. And when they won, it was just, like, close games where you just happened to win. And some of those wins, like, the Westbrook-George game where they each had, like, 40 and Westbrook shot, like, 40% from three. Like, that's just, that's not good coaching. That's just Russell Westbrook hitting shots. Right. Yeah, and it's like, I know it's a bad fit because he's always, he always comes with that disclaimer that Britt did of, Really nice guy. But yeah. <laughs> it's the same. And the way that he, like, Westbrook had amazing numbers. Uh, you know, and I know both of us, I think, are pro Westbrook. You obviously for very, like, you know, kind of sincere fandom reasons, but I just enjoy watching him. However, I would not say Billy did a terrific job of harnessing Russell Westbrook no. as far as, like, 
And that is the worst thing to me because look at our two guys, man. They need they need some kind of direction, you know. And like, they, that's the Dennis Schroeder said it after last season of like, yeah, Billy didn't really have much control over this team. He's like, Brett. He's the same person. It, he's it, the exact same person. It very much seems like that. Like Schroeder was a little nicer this year of like, oh yeah, things change. Things change because Chris Paul is more adaptable than yeah. Russell Westbrook will ever be. Uh, but really, like to me, it always comes down. Billy Donovan could, could be coaching right now. He could be coaching game four tonight if he just benched Steven Adams for five extra minutes. It's, yeah. it really comes down to that. It's, you don't want Billy Donovan. I think he'd be great in somewhere like Chicago where the, the expectations are low. They can kind of rebuild. They can ease into things. If you have, if you want like title hopes and things, he's just not the guy who's going to get you over that hump. Similar Do to Brett Brown. it could be Ty Lue? Like seriously, I'm not, I don't know. But I there are Ty some Lue... very interesting quotes about like how good he was at playoff um, tactics and such, you know? It's just interesting, that's all. It's an interesting thing with Lou because, I mean, he won a title, right? Right, you, yeah. You can never take that away from him. Everyone just credits LeBron for that title. Like, no mm-hmm. one gives Lou of, like, yeah, he did some spectacular coaching job. It's just, like, Clay Thompson pissed off LeBron after game four, <laughs> and LeBron said, no, fuck this, and then he came yeah. back from, from 3-1. Like, that. that's what it all comes comes down to. And, like, Lou hasn't had a job since the Cleveland job. He's an assistant in with the Clippers now. You know, we'll see how he does. I think Lou can be fine. He's got the title to always fall back on. I just don't know, you know, I don't know how much of a credit that was to him. Because LeBron coaches, right. whether you like yeah. it or not, they're just, they're just not going to get the credit. Like, Spolstra did not get the credit until really these past couple of seasons where it's like, oh, wow, he made the playoffs with that roster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, now you're seeing, oh, yeah, this guy is actually a good coach. Like, Mike Brown, Mike Brown, we found out, not a good coach. They were good because LeBron was very good. Uh, Who else has coached LeBron? I don't know. But I feel like it was Mike Brown, like 300. Um, What's his name? David Blatt. I don't know how good of a coach he was, but LeBron Mm -hmm. just basically ran him out of the league. So it's... It's tough when your success as a coach is tied to LeBron, how you're going to fare without LeBron. The one agreed element of him that like, encourages me is it does seem he was pretty big on like holding LeBron accountable. And it's like, I mean, that's as much as you can do with LeBron. Right? Yeah. Like, he's gonna, he has the ball in his hands, so he's really making the decisions out there. Like you, With Chris Paul, I think... They were a better playoff team with Chris Paul because of that reason. He's the same way, right? He's making decisions. And there's only so much Billy Donovan, the Adams thing. Very sad. But um, we we do need a coach that's going to come in and, like, give clear direction and, like, parameters to our two stars. Billy Donovan, from everything I've read, heard, and seen, is just not that guy. And to me, that's the main thing. Because X's and O's and stuff, I don't know. Not the guy for that. But it certainly doesn't seem like the personality fit. Have we done like 20 minutes on Billy Donovan? It yeah, feels like we have. <laughs> distraction. Not, not quite. Uh, only oh, like 12. We were heavy hitting with the wrestling chat today, Jeremy. Did you not think that? I, I said I wasn't ready for Game 7. This was a 40-point You were built for it. You were built was... for Game 7. <laughs> so many emojis. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, so... Um, I can't spoil Saturday's show. Promote Saturday's show, Jeremy, because it's Yeah, I can, all... I can tell you what we're going to talk about on Saturday. Yes, yes. Let's get to the 20-minute outro now. Um, yes, yes. 
Saturday, we will review Wrong Side of Town, starring Rob Van Dam, Batista, in that order. Uh, Viscera, yeah. who's, who's there. Ja Rule and some other people. Uh, I think it's a, a fantastic show. We're, we're wearing the same things we're wearing now. We didn't shower one bit these past couple of days. but uh, And then look, stick around for that show. It, it's one of our shortest shows, but it, it's worth it. Um, Incredible finish. All-time great finish. Yes, an all-time great finish. The TEW series is done. That is one reason why the movie review was Saturday. Um, Go back, check that out, see how SummerSlam ended in a spectacular fashion. We popped Sean with the the finish of SummerSlam there. We'll have the TEW finish or TEW series back in a couple of weeks. A new universe. We've pretty much got it all detailed out. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing the work on it. Uh, follow Joe on Twitter at Joel Holbert five. He's going to be writing the Dominic Mysterio feature at some point. What else do you have on, on social media besides dunking on fools, Joe? Well, before I get there, you have a match to pick for next week. Right? Oh, I do. So we've, we've kind of skipped out on the retro reviews the past couple of weeks. It's been my yeah. fault. Last week I just forgot. And then this week I was supposed to pick and here we go. I'm going to pick great American bash 2000 human torch match. Vampiro. And Sting. Andrew Thompson's biggest fan, Vampiro, by the way. And Sting. That was awesome. Yes. In fact, that's the perfect segue to my next point. Um, I have a public service announcement. Announcement, that's the word correct. For any members of the professional wrestling media. If, by any chance, you're a fraud, phony, hack, liar, or cheat, I would suggest you come forward and announce yourself as such. Start producing some content that isn't lists like five ways the legit boss Sasha Banks can face Bailey. <laughs> All I'm saying, this is not aimed at anyone in particular that was dunked on today. I'm just saying, if you are a liar, fake, phony, fraud, hack, cheat, come clear. Now, with that in mind, I want to give credit to Andrew Thompson, who is the best. We've said this before, right? The best. There are many talented people, and with that in mind... I will reiterate my new weekly, daily message. You can send me any content you produce about wrestling. Audio, video, written on, whatever. I will try my best to either like share it with the people that can help you or help you myself. I will try. I've done this with a few people before. Very talented people out there that don't get any attention because there are frauds, hacks, liars, cheats, and, um, yes, charlatans. So with that in mind, that's my closing Shysters. statement. Don't, Dominic Mysterio article will be out eventually because I produce real content and don't make up stuff. And as is such, Jeremy, I had the ball for a long time there. Shot clock violation. But I felt that was important. Here you go, Carl. Pass it, it, it is very important. Uh, produce yeah. content that you can stand by, folks. Like that's To me, that's what it comes down to. Produce content yes. that you feel you can stand by. I mean, I guess these people feel they can stand by it. They can't. It's shit content. Yeah. It's lies. Yes. And it's fake. <laughs> Yeah, it's very fake. Studio scoopsters, I call them. Studio scoopsters. They're not about that real scoop life, are they? No, no. But yeah, this isn't about anyone in particular. Carry on. If you do want fake scoops, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm passing them out like candy. I actually got banned from doing my own fake scoops bit. I got in trouble for it. What nonsense that was. (laughs) I have so much credibility, Joe, which is not true, that I got banned from doing fake scoops amazing <laughs> truly amazing and incredibly ironic when you look at the landscape but here we are you you've got to look fightful 
It can't be having you doing that to the reputation. You're on Reddit all the time. Yeah. You tweet just like, you'll do like a cold take, which is like, Finn Balor's not that old, and people are like 400 reads. I know, I could not believe. It was so, so over. It's crazy. I could not believe how many uh, likes and stuff that had. I was just like, I didn't think this was a big deal, but I, I'm I'm Reddit scoopster now, Reddit famous. Yeah. I'm apparently getting mentioned on other podcasts. People want to, people, yeah, this is a thing. Wow. This is the thing. Okay. So I, I won't out the, the the people who did this, but I did get a DM from somebody that a, a pretty big website, the, the person from this was like, yeah, they want to run your article on the raw script being rewritten. <laughs> like They, they want to run that as a report, as a tweet. And the person who also writes for the website was like, he's just joking. Like, it's just a bit that he's doing. We don't need to run that. So that's why I got in trouble for my fake scoops bit because legitimate websites were like, oh, Jeremy's got credibility. He writes for Fightful. We we can run this report as truth. No, I, I don't. You'll know when I have a scoop. All right, everybody, you'll know. I'll pass it to Sean and he'll put it out there. <laughs> and the he can have all the credit for it because I do not want to be a scoopster. Fake one, I, I think it's fun. I don't I don't want to do that. I I don't think I could do it with a straight face, honestly. I like doing joke shit too much to, to be able to do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, though, at JeremyLambert88, where I am a May A-A-A-A-A-Zing. Um, and I'll, I'll be doing a secret video game stream. If you want to watch me play 2K this Saturday, follow me on Twitter and give me feedback on that because we are starting the Fightful Gaming streaming uh, next week, hopefully, with 2K Battlegrounds, assuming everything goes well with the uh, underground streaming that we're doing this Saturday. Assuming everything goes well, we will do an actual live stream that'll be on our, our page. But I need people to show up on Saturday night to give me feedback on that stuff. So there you go. We'll be back on Saturday with our review of Wrong Side of Town. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.